Hey, welcome to Jesus Street. This is part of Just Godly Things podcast where we go out, hit the streets, and just see what God's doing in the world, man, because he's so awesome and wants to use everyday people like us to be his hands and feet in the world. So if you haven't heard, I was a part of a discipleship training school through Youth with a Mission Kona at the start of 2021. And hey, we've heard lots about YWAM. I want to encourage you to check out the recap episode or especially Pancake Party is amazing because these students got filled with the Holy Spirit They got changed from the inside out, and they got the power to then go into the nations to preach the gospel. So a discipleship training school with YWAM has two parts. The first part is knowing God. The second part is making Him known. And we're going to hear some stories about how these people made God known. The coolest part about this is that when you become a Christian, man, you don't have to be like living some holy lifestyle for six or eight months or, or years even before you can preach the gospel and see people get healed. No, when you get born again, you become a partaker of God's divine nature, and He wants to use you in an instant to be his hands and feet in the world and so it's the power of the holy spirit flowing in us and through us that allows people to get healed and saved and all these other things which we're going to hear all about in this episode so hey open your heart up enjoy and let's get it hey okay so where were you on outreach i went to south africa i went to a small little town in south africa called potchefstroom and I was just with the Fire and Fragrance community over there. Awesome. And what was a lot of your ministry? What did that look like? We did a lot of kids' ministry, working with children in townships, which Mm -hmm. are, well, for people who don't know, it's like a place where the black community in America live. They Mm -hmm. live in things called townships. Mm -hmm. And so they're kind of like shanty towns, but you call them townships. And so we'd work with children there who just didn't have a lot of stuff to do. But we'd also do rehab ministries where we'd go and work with people coming off of heroin, coke, wow. and all that jazz. Yeah, wow. And we'd just be working with them while they were going to like withdrawals and stuff like that. Wow. And we'd also, my favorite highlight was doing club evangelism where we'd go into nightclubs because it was a huge university town. Wow. And just talk to people about God, you That's know. That's great. Do you have any fun stories from the club evangelism? I, I do. So yeah, there was this go. one day where it was probably the last day we were there and Initially, going into club evangelism, we were trying to be very sweet and loving. Mm -hmm. But one thing about South Africa is everyone will say they're a Christian, Mm. but it's just cultural Christianity. And so everyone's like, I was raised Christian, therefore I'm a Christian. You know, and like they don't have like a personal relationship with God. Uh And so we have full authority as Christians to kind of call them out and call them higher Uh because they say they're a Christian, right? Right. And so we started leveraging that. So the last day we were there, and I saw this dude who was drunk at a club, and he came up to me and he's like, Hey, Dick, can I have a light? And I was like, I don't have you know, a light for you. I'm sorry, but I can pray for you. Uh-huh. And the dude was just taken back because he was drunk out of his mind in a nightclub. Uh-huh. And he was like, okay, I guess. And we just started going into just the gospel and my testimony and all that. And slowly, he just started opening up to me, wow. told me about his life, told me about how he knew God was real, but he was struggling to get close to God. Mm. And the more I was talking to him, I was just like, you could feel the Holy Spirit flowing. Mm. He pulls up his like shorts a little bit and he shows me his arm and he's like, do you see the goosebumps I'm having right now? What is this? <laughs> you know, and the Holy Spirit just hit. Yeah. And literally the guy's like freaking out and he just confesses. He's like, dude, I used to be a racist. And I had like curly hair back then. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's like, had I seen you on the street, I would have like cursed you out and done something. Wow. But now I look at what God's doing to me. Wow. You're here in a club praying for me. And then he went, why the F would someone come and pray for me for the third time this month Whoa. you know and he's yeah. just like he doesn't understand and so i'm just like okay you know what let's just pray right uh-huh. now so i just start praying for him and he breaks down wow. just starts weeping and just head in my shoulders crying and i'm holding this wow. huge rugby player who's like Whoa. six one to six two mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and he's just crushing me and i'm like holding him wow. 
And he's like, I, I'm done drinking. I'm done drinking. Mm. He's like, I'm never going to deny Jesus. I'm done drinking. Puts his cup there, you know. He's like, uh -huh. wrestled with it, put his cup there, put his cigarette there. Wow. You know, and it was like lit. And because he wasn't doing anything with it, it just went out. So good. You know, and he just left it there. And his girlfriend was with him. A couple of members of like another Fire and Fragrance team were praying for her, mm -hmm. for her mm -hmm. in the bathroom. She starts encountering God. Wow. In the bathroom of a club. And both of them walk out of the club together with us. No way. And I mean, that was his, he came there primarily that day for his girlfriend to party. Yeah. And he left encountering God. Wow. So and it's just good. another like 19, 20 year old just like us, you know? Like, totally. We don't need to prove that God is real. He does that all the time. Right. Dude, so you know? Had you done much evangelism prior to this? We had done little stints of evangelism. Uh -huh. So What about you personally prior pers to outreach? No. No? I... I would end up like steering conversations to talk about God mm -hmm. with my friends and all those guys. Mm -hmm. And that was just like an out of an overflow of me like living my life for God. Uh -huh. It was like, I mean, that's all I'm doing now, so that's all I can talk about, you know? Totally. But when it came down to actually meeting people and talking and doing evangelism mm -hmm. with the intention of going out to meet new people to tell them about Jesus, never done that before. Yeah. Wow. And are you glad you did it? Oh my goodness. All, every single person from my team was like, this is something that we have to incorporate into our lifestyle. Yeah. Because a lot of people, I mean, even I'm quite introverted, mm -hmm. but when I have to, I can be very extroverted. Yeah. You know, and I just, it's all about going out and talking to people. Right. You know, like, totally. even, like you just put yourself out there. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to pull back the curtains to who I am. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's so much Jesus going on right now. Yeah. You know, and every Christian is like, oh, I see that. What is yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. So every single person on my team was like, this is something that we're going to integrate into our daily lifestyle. So good. Yeah, I can share this other one. We went to Rwanda for two weeks, uh -huh. and a lot of the times, like, I came from a missionary background, so I'd mm -hmm. see people say, like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And, like, they'd completely rededicate their life, and then they'd go back living the same way, not knowing exactly what they did. Right. Right, so that was, like, something I was wrestling with. I was like, God, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I see this, but I, I can't tell. And as I was thinking about it, one of my friends was like, hey, I'm just saying, you're going to see people in heaven that you do know, mm. right? But you're also going to see people like who you didn't expect. Right. And you may not see people who you do expect, right. you know? And that, that, that rocked my perspective. Mm. So going into Rwanda, we were like, okay, let's just do this, you know? This, me sharing the gospel like this would be something that's wild, mm -hmm. you know, because we don't know what that's going to do for them. Right. And so we're sitting in a coffee shop there and my leader and I were just talking and we just feel the Holy Spirit in our conversation where we're like, we're just getting so hyped up. We're like, mm -hmm. what is this, you know? Mm -hmm. We see our waiter. We're like, hey, we just want to bless you and pray for you. He's like, I would love the prayer. Mm -hmm. And we're like, what? <laughs> you know? We ended up blessing him financially, you know, gave mm -hmm. him like a tip mm -hmm. and then started praying for him. And he's like, thank you for praying for me. I'm not a Christian. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, what? Why? You know, why aren't you a Christian? Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, I just saw so much hypocrisy in the church and all that. We, I end up just showing him that, hey, you got two choices when you see that. You can either choose to be genuine and show people what genuinely loving Jesus looks like mm -hmm. or you can stand back and cast stones mm -hmm. and that's just something about that's just you trying to escape this burden that's on your heart right. and it's not going to solve anything you're just going to have hatred in there forever mm -hmm. and he was like yeah dude I can't deny God's existence and we're like amazing my like our co-leader his name is Anthony he ends up getting a word about him he's like hey does your back hurt and he's like not right now but it did like a week ago mm -hmm. right he's like hey I'm on my shift right now come back Tuesday you know, so we come back Tuesday, I'm having a, like just a conversation with him, just talking about God. She's like, how did you guys know about my back? Hmm. We're like, what? <laughs> He's like, I was in so much pain that I passed out in the shower. And I knew that that was from God. And I went and told all my friends. I live with eight dudes. I told all of them. Wow. I told my girlfriend. I told my whole family. What is this? Wow. You know, I'm like, this is Jesus, you know? Uh -huh. Start just talking to him about Jesus and the gospel. 
and how he died for us and now we're called to be set apart you uh-huh, know uh-huh. and live as people who have God living in them you yeah. know and how just that's so wild literally this dude is like did I want to do that what do wow. I do how do I become a Christian I'm like just believe in Jesus He's like I believe in Jesus I'm like and just love on him mm. you know read his word get close to him yeah. and do whatever he tells you to do so you know good. and just keep talking to him so we spent five minutes in silence mm-hmm. like and this is something that me and my friends would do because we pray all the time but this is something that we do where we just sit in silence for five minutes and just listen to God mm. five minutes went by just like that I'm like so what do you feel he's like well five minutes is over I'm like yeah mm-hmm. he's like oh um I think I need to go and apologize to all my co-workers Whoa. I'm like what <laughs> he's like yeah I, I really feel like I need to go and say sorry to them wow and I'm like go do it you know and he's like yeah well we ended up reading through John just talking about Jesus uh-huh. and what he can do uh-huh. next and then he took a bike to go say like sorry to a co- co-worker texted me the next day he went and was like hey thank you for that that was so amazing wow you know wow, like we wow, reconciled wow, wow, wow. I was like dude that's so good because you didn't even tell him what to do no. that was God's kind that was just that God listen, like right? him listening so good. and he's like repenting and everything and it's, it shows you that it's like I I don't actually have to do that much I right. just have to show you that you can do this yeah you know like yeah. I don't have to be your answer book. Totally. You can talk to, to the, the dude who's giving answers all the time. That's so good. And that's what like makes it such a amazing journey, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz at mm-hmm. that point you don't need to be like ah, right. <laughs> you know, freak out. You can literally just pray and be like, "Okay, that's probably that." So you know, and then read the Bible about uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. But that happened another time we were at a club in South Africa again. Uh-huh. End of the night, dude's sitting on the floor. I'm like, "Hey, dude, how you doing?" He's like, "I had a horrible night." I'm like, "Oh, really? Tell me about it." <laughs> just tells me about his night, how he didn't really want to go out there. I'm like, "Okay, what are you doing Sunday?" He's like, just opens up to me. He's like, "Hey, I want to go back to church. I don't know what to do." Wow. You know, invite him to church, and I start sharing my testimony with him. And a big part of my testimony was how I would like, I lived in a boarding school, mm-hmm. so I'd convince all these guys who were good Christian kids to come and smoke weed with me and drink with me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, Christianity's fake anyway, yeah. we can just do this, you know. And I realized that once I was a Christian, you know, I can either choose to not talk about God, you know, but I realized that he's way better than the drugs and the alcohol that I was mm, doing. And he's on. so loving. And if I can push that, then I could talk about Jesus way more. Yeah. Right. And I shared this with him. And he's like, that's me. Wow. I'm like, what? <laughs> no way. He's like, yeah, I want to change my whole friend group. Wow. I'm like, amazing. Next week, I meet him in church. He's like, yeah, I invited a couple of my friends to church. Wow. I'm like, what? So <laughs> Who are you? Dude's like, yeah. I'm still figuring out my walk, but I know that God's real, yeah. <laughs> you know? Amen. And I was just like, okay, dude. You're like, that's so amazing. So Got good. to just have a couple more conversations with him. Uh-huh. And it's just, Again, 19, 20-year-olds who have right. realized that oh, if I'm really genuine about this, it's going to change people's lives. Yeah. You know, if I'm really like, yeah. if this is really true mm-hmm. and I think it's true, then it's going to change the way, I'm going to change the way that I live. Right. You know what I mean? So good. And it was just mind-blowing. And I mean, I'm preaching at these, <laughs> I mean, I'm preaching it for a second, but like we realized that the disciples were like really young mm-hmm. when Jesus left the earth. They mm-hmm. were like, mm-hmm. I, I heard somewhere, they were anywhere from the ages of like 16 to 25. Wow. You know? And like, that's us. Yeah. But it was these young dudes who could have chosen to like do all these things, but instead they were living radically for God. Right. And it just shifted so many things. Totally. Plus they were filled with the Holy Spirit, you know? Yeah, but it was just like, oh dude, like you can change university yeah. just by being a good Christian. Yeah. Just by like loving Jesus. Yeah. And we were talking to all these dudes and they're like, what happened? Like what shifted in them, you know? And we're like, he just realized that 
God wanted to speak to him and he spoke with God. Mm. You know, it's just, oh, I love Come it so on. much. Thank you, Jesus. Straight up, but yeah. Okay, so where did you go for outreach? I went to Southeast Asia and then the country actually shut down midway, so we moved to the Middle East. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Do you have a testimony you want to share about from Southeast Asia? Yeah, actually when we were staying in Southeast Asia, we would trek up to these different villages and ride up in trucks. And one night we went up to this village and to this youth camp in this little village. And these kids walk for like 12 hours to get to this little youth camp with like 10 kids. Wow. So we're basically there just loving on them, giving a word, and then we did like a ministry time afterwards. Mm -hmm. We're praying for these two girls who are about probably like 10 or 11 years old, and they just like start getting like hit by the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and like shaking and crying and just like getting totally like just whacked by him. And it struck me so much because these girls were not at a youth conference. They weren't at wow. some big worship event. They were just like in this little church in the middle of nowhere. Wow. with no grid about how the Holy Spirit works. Mm. And they're just getting like totally hit by him and they get slain in the Spirit and just like you could see on their face that they were like seeing Jesus. It was so beautiful. Yeah. And so afterwards we like kind of explained. I was like, so this is what the Holy Spirit is. <laughs> this is what was happening. You don't have to be scared. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, but it was so good. And that like was just such a marking moment because it's just like it was so real and they had no, no grid, no experience for wow. it except just the Holy Spirit. Totally. So, Like, it's one thing to see it at a church. Show, yeah, right? for sure. Wow, it's so amazing. cool. I think it struck me so much because it was it was just in the middle of nowhere with these 10, 11-year-old girls that you're like, wow, Jesus cares for everyone. He really wow. does go after the one. Yeah. Like, they're up in this village 12 hours away from anything social, and he's willing to come meet them yeah. and come and pack them. So and so I think that's why it just marked me so much and stood out from just a lot of testimonies we saw in Southeast Asia. Wow, so thank yeah. you for sharing, that's so good. Yeah, what about in the Middle East? Do you have anything you want to share about that? Yeah, actually, one of the most marking moments in the Middle East, um, we actually had nothing to do with. It was just a story we heard. We're at this house church and this former Muslim man was there and shared how his dad, who had formerly passed away, used to be a super strict Islam follower. Mm. And he said, you know, he had passed away, and one night he had a dream, and his dad comes to him in his dream. He was like, son, Islam is fake. You can't follow it. Jesus is king. Whoa. You have to turn your ways to Jesus. Whoa. And then Jesus comes to him in his dream, and he sees the face of Jesus. Mm. And so, of course, he wakes up, and if you don't know much about the Quran, they believe in Jesus, but just as a prophet and not the son of Christ. And so he like just doesn't know what to do from there. So for years, he goes on this journey of trying to find Christians anywhere, asking around. But of course, he's in this super strict Islam nation. So it's like, there's just no one. Over the years, he finally finds believers and gets a community, but basically becomes so in love with Jesus that his family legally disowns him, takes away his house. His brother's so strict in Islam that he sent people to murder him and kill him. So he's literally on the run, has no family, no friends, and he's sitting in front of us sharing about how he's chosen this life and he's going to follow Jesus. Wow. And one specific line he said, he was like, he goes, I didn't choose Jesus, Jesus chose me, and I'll never know why, but I'm going to follow him. Mm. And it was such, such a marking moment because he didn't glorify the suffering. He told us about how many times he's been beat up and wow. put in prison and almost killed. And he's standing there saying, it's hard, it hurts, like, it's uncomfortable yet I can't forget what I saw, and yet I can't turn away from this man, Jesus. Whoa. And you watch him worship, and you know he's seeing the face of God. Whoa. You watch him worship, and you say, that's a man in love with Jesus, Whoa. giving literally everything to follow him in a nation where it's strictly not allowed, and mm. you know, and could easily be killed for any day. Yeah. Yet 
he's there sharing about how much he loves him and how it's so worth it. Wow. wow so wow. that was definitely a marquee moment that wow. we didn't have any part in at all, mm-hmm. except getting to see this this Muslim man who got encountered by Jesus in a dream, mm-hmm. which is something we're, we're always praying for. Mm-hmm. And to see just a f- mm-hmm. small fraction of that fruit and be like, Jesus, you are moving in the nations. You are moving in the Middle East. And he's working and he's on the move. Wow. So, yeah. So hey, so where were you on outreach? I was in Southeast Asia. Amazing. And do you have a testimony that you want to share that really touched you? Yeah, so I had this man who I met. It all started where the previous day we were up in the middle of this, this big village and on the top of this mountain. And we got to preach at this youth group and then preach at the, the church service and, and preach to probably about this group of 80 people. And it was incredible. So, mm-hmm. Saw people get healed, and and this next day we went down after preaching, and and we were going to the pastor's home church to preach at his church, and we were already two and a half hours late, mm. and we, by the time we finally got to the church, two and a half hours late, there was just one family left, and it was this family of this man who was slightly disabled. You could just tell like his facial features were off, and his eyes were slightly cross-eyed, and and just he had a hard time walking, and then his wife and his three little kids who were like age one, age two, and age four, around that, and just yeah. tiny, tiny little kids. And we got to go in and we preached, and because we were so tired from the, all of our ministry, we actually uh, just had the quickest the quickest service and the quickest time, because we just wanted to eat food, honestly. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were just yeah, so yeah, exhausted. Yeah. And then the next day after that, we went up to the top of this other village, and, and we saw this family again on the top of the mountain, and my heart broke because, because the previous day we had rushed our time with this family and we'd shown up two and a half hours late and and little did we know this family had walked four hours to church the previous day just to receive a half-hearted half-effort message and and the Lord gave us this opportunity of repentance where we got to actually ask the family how they were and we got to ask about their pain and their their emotional spot where they had just gone through this earthquake years prior lost their house all this stuff and because of it we got to pray for healing and and the grandpa got healed of his deafness a, a woman got healed of her back pain, and we just got a we got this time to repent and, and mm. act in true love, and it was such a blessing. Wow! So wow, yeah, that's huge. Thank you. Hey, okay, so where did you go for outreach? I went to Uganda in Africa. Wow, amazing! <laughs> and do you have a fun testimony that you want to share? Yeah, so I was doing door-to-door ministry one day, mm-hmm. and I was with the translator, and we were walking down a dirt path, and we see this man on the side of the road, and he's plowing his garden, mm-hmm. and he was just standing still, like leaning over his hoe. He was like leaning mm-hmm. on it. And so I look at him and I was like, hey, you know about Jesus? Like, do you, have you heard the gospel? And he mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I'm Pentecostal, which in Uganda, like a lot of Pentecostals, like I was like, okay, are you born again? And he was like, yeah, I'm born again. So he was already saved. And I was like, hey, well, before I go, like, is there anything I can pray for you? Mm-hmm. And the same day I had felt like really super weak and we had usually been in partners for door to door, but today I was alone just with the translator. Mm-hmm. And I was really like, okay, God, I really need you to show up today because I can't do this on my own. Mm-hmm. And so the man was like, yeah, actually my leg is par- completely paralyzed. And I didn't notice because he was standing still leaning on the hoe. Mm-hmm. And so he, I was like, okay, well, do you mind coming here? Because there was like a bunch of bush in between. And so he was like, yeah. And he starts walking towards me and just dragging his leg behind him. Whoa. And I was like, oh my gosh, God, I really, I just, it was like the first time in my entire life where I actually had true faith that God was going to heal this man. Whoa. And so I was, I started praying for his leg and nothing happens the first time. I was like, I was like, oh gosh, okay. And then I was like, you know what, God, I, I really trust that you're going to do it. So I was like, hey, do you mind if I pray again? I just believe that God is a God who heals and he wants to heal you. And so he was like, yeah, sure. I appreciate it. So I start praying again. And this time, like, I feel like his leg twitching. Whoa. 
And I was like, okay, do you feel any different? And the translator was like, yeah, he says that he feels pain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, pain, that's good because it's feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, I know this is weird, but can I pray one more time for you? And he was like, yeah, sure. And so I pray one more time, and he completely, like, stands up straight, and Whoa. he's completely healed. Whoa. And he, like, starts walking around. And as I was walking away from him, I just kept looking back and, like, seeing him walk away from me, like, completely fully walking away. Yeah. Right after he had just dragged his leg along as he was walking towards me, I was Whoa. like, Whoa, God is so good. Yeah, he he really Jesus. did heal him, and like it was just so amazing. That's incredible. Have you like stepped out and praying for people prior to this outreach? No, not really. Not like that. Well, like I would never have done that prior really? to outreach. So how did you feel when that happened then? I was just like, it was the first time where I truly felt the Lord was like, look, like it's my power through you. So wow. I don't have to strive. It's mm-hmm. really about Him just like working through me and. It was him who did it, so yeah, it so was just good. so cool to see and his strength. And he gets strength. the glory. Amen. Wow, he sure does. so good. Thanks, yeah. sis. That's amazing. Thank you. Hey, yeah. so where did you go on outreach? We went to the Himalayas. Amazing. And do you have any fun testimonies that you want to share? Yeah, there's one crazy testimony that I'd love to share. So our team went to an unreached village, and mm. um, it was at first it was really tough to share the gospel because... As of right now, people were afraid of all the foreigners because of COVID. So when they looked at the foreigners, they would always think like they would auto- automatically have COVID. Wow. So when we would try to like say hi to them, they would just like back away or mm-hmm. just not not look at us. Mm-hmm. But then eventually we went into the middle of the village and I had a spike ball set. So we just decided to set up a spike ball yeah. and we played for like three minutes. And <laughs> surprising enough, the whole village was surrounding us, watching wow. the whole thing. It was around oh, wow. 80, 80 to 100 people. Mm-hmm. And we just put aside the spike ball, and we just shared the simple gospel. We talked mm-hmm. about healings, baptism, salvations, and we just asked them if they would love to surrender their lives to Jesus. And two rose their hand in wow. so much joy. Wow, wow, and wow. one was in tears while we were praying for them. And it was so radical because no one... It just felt like it was impossible to share the gospel, Mm -hmm. but to see that over 100 people actually got to hear our story and was actually engaged and two people actually got to surrender their lives to Jesus really put a lot of hope when we were in the Himalayas. so good. In a place that's unreached too, right? In a place that's unreached, that's correct. Come on, that's so good. But yeah, it was a crazy story. Hey, okay, so where did you go for outreach? So I went to Mexico. Amazing, and you were on an all-girls team, eh? Yes, Team Brave Love, all-girls team. It was amazing. So good. Do you have Mm -hmm. a fun time? testimony you want to share about that? Yes. So one weekend we went to this remote village in Mexico Uh and we actually got to put on little church services for the people up there because they don't have a church building. So Uh we were able to just go door to door and invite people to services at night that we put on. So we'd do like worship. We had some people share like their testimonies and a message. And and then at the end we would invite um, people up for a time of like prayer. And one of the nights, I got to share my testimony, mm-hmm. and two guys in the crowd were actually from the nearby rehab center. Wow. And they actually came up to me and asked for prayer that night, and one of them ended up giving his life to Christ that oh, night. Oh, come on. Yes, Jesus. yes. And then the other guy, he just asked for prayer for his friends that were still in the rehab center, which wow. was amazing. So. Even though we couldn't go physically to the rehab center, God still sent guys from the rehab center that needed to like be there. Right, so absolutely. we still got so cool. to minister to Why them. Why couldn't you go to the rehab center? 
So we weren't able to go because um, it was an all-guys rehab center, okay. and we were an all-girls team, so they right. just thought it'd be wise if wow. we didn't go. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um, kind of bummed about it just because people struggling with addiction is something that my heart burns for. Yeah. So I was kind of sad, but I didn't dwell on it, and I just saw God's hand, though, still in the midst of it because he ended up bringing guys from the rehab center to, so cool. to the night yeah, I shared yeah, my yeah, testimony yeah. even. Come so on, that's great. it was amazing. Have you like shared your testimony and seen someone get saved before? Or like, is this stuff new for you? Or have you done this pre-DTS? Um, no, this was new for me. So first of all, I never shared my testimony in front of a big crowd of people, yeah. let alone seeing someone give their life to Christ because of it. Wow. So just seeing the impact of like, the way God has worked in my life, and then I get to share that and see it um, impact other people that yeah. deem Christ. So, Come on, that's amazing. So good, yeah. Thank you so much for yeah, sharing. Yeah, of course. Great. Hey, okay, so where did you go for outreach? Yeah, I went to Mazatlan, Mexico. Amazing. And do you have a fun testimony that you want to share about it? Yeah, I sure do. So, heading into outreach, during lecture phase, I broke off a lot of fear around reforming mm -hmm. and worshiping the Lord. I had so many doubts that I wasn't worthy of worship and that I was never going to be good enough and that no one cared about my voice and no wow. one cared about what I had to say. Wow. I'm out of breath. Oh, well. <laughs> but my team from the beginning has been super supportive and we're like, yeah, you're definitely called to be a worshiper. You're definitely called to like worship the Lord in front of tons of people. Wow. And I've been so afraid of it. And they surprised me and bought me a Mexican guitar mm. in the middle of Mazatlan, Mexico. Wow. Um, and I was able to lead out my whole team in worship and I was able to worship in front of villages in the middle of nowhere Mexico and wow. I was able to worship in a jail and all this stuff so God really showed up and like provided me with a guitar and provided me with all the courage that I needed in order to step out and actually begin leading worship and so it's been absolutely so amazing. Good. Wow has that been something you've wanted to do for a long time then and you're just so afraid or what? Yeah I've always wanted to worship in front of like in church and like anywhere really but I've always only been doing it by myself like in my room or mm -hmm. in my car or in the shower but I've always felt like I'm supposed to worship and like lead out people and worshiping the Lord and so this is like the first so I've finally been able to like step into that and not be afraid. Hey, hey so where were you on outreach? Uh, I went to Lebanon. Lebanon, yeah. cool. Do you want to share some crazy testimonies or yeah, what's something sure. that stuck out to you? Yeah, yeah, my team went out to Lebanon and one of the things that we did, which was so cool, is we worked in Syrian refugee camps, which was an absolute blast where mm -hmm. these are just people that have been displaced as a result of the ISIS attacks, like wow. on their, their main capital in Damascus and all over the place. So they moved from Syria over to Lebanon, super displaced, living in these like shanty towns, these shacks. Mm -hmm. So we actually went out to this this one refugee camp that was unvisited before by faith and something that our contact told us is you have to first kind of get in with the people that are in charge of that place mm -hmm. so we initially get there and we meet up with this young guy and all of his family like this is like 20 to 30 people and this young guy is so stoic like his face is just shut off mm -hmm. and we're sitting there and our contact is very open immediately he just starts sharing the gospel starts sharing about Jesus and this is very religious Muslim community and this guy is so so stoic and no one really responds to like the good news of Jesus mm -hmm. but me and my friend get these words of knowledge for this young guy just about the fact that he had just like taken up all of the burdens of his father previously his father had just died like a couple months prior and he'd taken all those burdens on himself and we told him like through our translator and the guy the young guy shakes his head yes so we asked to pray for him in the name of Jesus and he says yes and we pray for him and immediately something lifts off of him and he gets so joyful and he just starts grabbing all of his neighbors all of his friends all of his like outside family and everything they start just coming in and just revival breaks out 
so he starts grabbing people in order for us to pray for healing for them and we're just seeing people get healed left and right 10 people in a line just um, automatically get healed and then our contacts speaking to all these people that get that got healed Mm -hmm. yeah he asks them you believe that only Allah can heal right Mm -hmm. and they all say yes we only believe that Allah can heal and then he says okay well I just prayed in the name of Jesus what does that make Jesus and then the all like in unison they say Allah which is crazy these Muslims confessing that Jesus just healed and therefore that must make him God because he healed yeah that was just crazy and then we we show up another time we actually have no translator Mm -hmm. our previous translator is like God will provide if you're gonna go Mm -hmm. so he'll just show up and we go there having no idea no way to communicate and just randomly obviously it was a random it was a divine appointment but these uh there's this group of people doing it's kind of like uh just interviewing people about COVID vaccinations and if Mm -hmm. they want COVID vaccinations in the future and only one of them speaks fluent English and he's actually Saudi Arabian which is super religious super closed off to the Mm -hmm. gospel but this guy says that he wants to translate for us and so we tell him straight up okay we're going to share the gospel of Jesus are you okay with translating for us and he says yes so he just rolls with us Mm -hmm. and we're actually just walking down the street with so many people behind us like they're super hyped about what Jesus is doing and I meet this guy like while while I'm walking down the street and he says he has really bad asthma and I pray for it and he says a weight comes off of his chest and he feels like he can breathe again I give him a gospel of John and the moment I give him the gospel of John these imams which are pretty much religious priests in the Muslim Mm -hmm. faith Mm -hmm. roll up and come up and just start debating us and everyone that we're with is freaking out they're afraid that we're gonna die like they're afraid for our Mm -hmm. lives but me and my friend Everett end up debating these guys and it got it gets to a point where they kind of feel like trumped Mm -hmm. so end up leaving in order to go to their mosque but everyone else stays with us so instead of going back with their own religious priests they decide to stay with us and it's so cool we didn't actually see anyone get saved that day but the contacts are continuing to work with that group and it's so cool to see what God is doing in the Muslim world we have like such this belief that it's a closed off nation that's too far gone but Mm -hmm. it's not people are hungry and thirsty for the living God because in their religion, Islam, it's a dead religion. It's right. a deceptive religion. But Jesus is alive and well, and he wants to meet people. So, so cool. So yeah. good. Dude, yeah. Thank you. Hey, right on. So what country did you go to for outreach? Um, I went to South Africa. Amazing. And do you have any cool testimonies that you want to share about? Yeah, actually, uh, we did one of our biggest ministries was club ministry. And we would go and go into, into the clubs, outside the clubs, and like just preach the gospel, talk to college kids. And the coolest thing was I got to witness firsthand how like spiritual warfare happens. Mm-hmm. And we actually declared warfare in a club, and it was like so many manifestations. Like people were bumping into us. We had ga- glass bottles thrown at our feet. Like the enemy did not want us there. And what did it look like for you to declare warfare? So we were going to the club. We we're just gonna pray. We we're praying in the spirit, and all of a sudden the Lord just told us like we need to like go. Our goal was to be in the front of the club and like make it to where the DJ was. So we were just like kind of like battling. It was almost like it was like a cool battle going on. Like we we're going like laying hands on people, praying in tongues the whole time, and then like um, actually in the middle of the dance floor, or like the DJ, the, the song that said, if you're messing with me, you're messing with the devil. Oh. So it was like all this stuff, we're like, come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. So we just cut more and more, it was really cool. Wow, yeah. that's amazing, yeah. so cool. Was that scary at all for you? Um, It wasn't scary, but it was the closest thing I've seen to like demons and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not a seer, but I'm a feeler, so like, you can feel like the heaviness in there. Yeah. And But it was so cool because once we were done, we were like, we just declare victory over this club right now in Jesus' name, and like 75% of the club had left. There was a Whoa. special event going on where you had to pay double to get in, uh-huh. and 
like people were leaving when we were praying. It was like you can see them, like they were like in this slumberness, like sleepiness, and all of a sudden they would just wake up and just walk out. Whoa! And just so crazy, That's like so yeah. Cool. Wow. Have you seen spiritual stuff like that before, or stepped um, out in like intercession like that prior to ETS? No, <laughs> honestly, like we I've been in some pretty cool intercession, but like not like that. And I haven't seen anything like heck of spiritual like that before. But that was like firsthand seeing how like God works and moves like instantaneously, yeah. and how like there's just like demons were fleeing, angels were winning, like right. yeah, it was yeah, yeah. so awesome. Yeah, and the authority that you carry yeah. in the name of Jesus, right? Yeah, That's so cool. It was so crazy. Wow, thank you for sharing. Hey, so where did you go for outreach? Uh, I went to South Africa. South Africa, yeah, amazing. Which is super cool. Yeah, so good. Do you have any fun stories that you want to share? Yeah, so um, probably the my favorite thing um, from outreach was just like getting to um, be so relational with people there and like get to know some of the South. Africans mm -hmm. so yeah we had a lot of fun just kind of doing ministry on the streets of South Africa and there was this one time I was with one of my friends and we were just walking along the streets and we were praying like God just yeah show us someone that we need to talk to next and then we see this girl who's sitting down mm -hmm. and we were like oh like God's saying go and speak to her mm -hmm. and yeah we felt to go and share a word with her about kind of writing we just felt that on our hearts that she was a writer so we went up to her mm -hmm. shared that with her and she was kind of blown away because she was saying God had been putting like journalism on her heart. Wow. So that was crazy. So she was a Christian. Mm -hmm. We got to like encourage her and then she kind of called two of her friends over. I think she was kind of like mm -hmm. she she was a Christian, but she didn't really realize that like God saw her in the way right. that, you know, we know he sees her. Mm -hmm. So she called her friends over and we kind of got to share the gospel with them because they didn't really know Jesus. Wow. And it was crazy because one of them said that that morning he was in like a really difficult spot and he'd prayed like God because he kind of was a Christian but just mm -hmm. on the French mm -hmm. and he was like God like mm -hmm. you bring people across my path today if Whoa. um if you're real and he then yeah it was okay. it was insane and then <laughs> and then obviously we were there and we got to pray with him and we kind of so we were in South Africa for like four weeks uh -huh. so we knew and this was early on so yeah we just got their numbers got to meet them for like coffee a couple of times each week they started coming to the prayer sets that we were like leading wow. in the city and yeah they were college students so they had us over for like dinner at their, at their place which is crazy and it was just yeah incredible to like not only just have those moments of like on outreach of speaking to people that once and sharing Jesus with them but actually with this time we got to like see them grow and see mm -hmm. see like see them just encounter Jesus in the way that like we know he encounters people yeah and yeah that was crazy and but yeah it was really sad leaving them at the end and um yeah they were just like they were so encouraged to met Christians like us who just like yeah know that Jesus really brings life yeah. and they've carried on going to these prayer sets that we were going to with them and I think they're just wanting to they're looking into doing a DTS which is wow. yeah obviously so what we're doing yeah. so that yeah, was yeah, crazy yeah. and just to see your simple obedience right how that guy had prayed that yeah right? and then you walking we, in step with the spirit you just are the answer exactly yeah so cool. it was well that's amazing have you done much ministry like that prior to outreach prior to DTS uh not really I, I shared the gospel with my friends mm -hmm. but I've never done and like just being on the streets and asking yeah. God to yeah, yeah, yeah. Was go. That, was that scary to break off? And yeah, it was, or what did that it was definitely like? scary at first. And I think scary, like I struggled a lot with kind of knowing, trusting that I do hear God's voice. Mm. And I, I always struggled with like kind of confusion about it and doubt. And yeah, so I've just grown so much over outreach knowing that like I do hear God's voice. And that was things like that word about her being a writer that was just like confirmation right. that yeah, God absolutely. speaks to us and yeah at that doubt I was feeling that was just from the enemy right yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah now I'm just excited to go home and like walk in 
um, hearing God's voice, doing evangelism, so stepping good. out in it. Yeah. Yeah. And if your aim is just to love people, then you can't lose, right? Yeah, it's exactly. So you can just awesome. always encourage people, even if what you say is completely wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where were you for outreach? I was in Cap Haiti. And do you all have any testimonies that you want to share about? Yeah. Oh, great. We actually got to see some really cool stuff. Uh, we saw some deliverances. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, we got to, like, just see people, like, have demons, like, set free like they're they're walking in freedom now and it was, wow. that was amazing and we saw a couple miracles one blind man he can now see um, so that was amazing um, but actually one of the coolest ones was a blind man that didn't get healed mm -hmm. he, uh, he had a vision and in his vision he actually vividly saw and described uh, some of the people on our team mm -hmm. and he described the base as well um, the YOM Cap Haiti base that we were staying in. Very vividly, the color of it, the stories and everything. It was actually really amazing. And he said in the vision that we prayed over him and he got healed of his blindness. And then it was our second day praying over him mm -hmm. and he didn't get healed. And we were all sitting there in silence after we had warred in prayer for like probably two hours wow. and nothing was happening. And he, we all sat there in silence. And then his wife and uh, he started to just raise his hands and they started praising the Lord in their own song, Haitian Creole, and it was just, it was amazing. It was so beautiful because his life was testifying that no matter where he was, he was going to be content with Jesus. And he actually even told us that it doesn't matter like whether the Lord heals me or whether he doesn't, whether whatever he decides to do, it, this is his life. It's not, it's not mine. Wow. Um, so that was really beautiful. That's so good. Have you done much evangelism before or prayed for people prior to this outreach? Yeah, actually, I've been in ministry for six years. Wow. Um, I've probably done like street evangelism for three. Uh -huh. I mean, we got to do a lot of street evangelism in Haiti. So that was really dope. That was like so amazing. On certain streets, it was just a lot of alcohol. And we saw them just give it up and come to the Lord. Wow. Um, and that was so amazing. And they, I, I saw a few people that, that gave up alcohol. When I, when I got the chance to lead them to the Lord, hmm. I looked in their eyes and they literally looked like a new person. And then I asked them, I said, how do you feel? And uh, they were like, they were like, I, I feel like a brand new person. And I was like, well, let me, let me show you in, in the Bible where it says yes, that you are. Yes, and, okay. and I just showed them Colossians 3, and it was so amazing. Hey, okay, so what's your name? My name is Christy. Hi, Christy. Hey. <laughs> and where were you for outreach? I was in Mazatlan, Mexico. Amazing. And yeah. what are a couple of fun testimonies that you'd love to share? Yes. Oh, goodness. There's so many testimonies. Mm -hmm. But one that sticks out was we were doing just some street evangelism in mm -hmm. this remote area. And I saw this kid driving like a four-wheeler, and he was crying. Mm -hmm. And my heart just broke for him. And so I was like, oh, Lord, okay, let's go try to share some good news about Jesus with mm -hmm. this, mm -hmm. you know, probably, I don't know, a middle schooler who was crying. So we go, and he actually was coming home. And so he goes into his house. So we knocked on his door, and I think he was upset he didn't come answer. So we just kept knocking because mm. I just felt so strongly that Jesus like really that. wanted to you just like, like encounter him and show him his love. Yeah. But he didn't end up coming to the door, but his older brother came to the door and started chatting with us. And I just shared, hey, we're here. Like Jesus has totally transformed my life, and now mm. I love to be able to invite others into this relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, do you know God, and, and um, is there any way we can pray for you? And he responds and he said, yeah, I know God. Actually, I know that I am supposed to travel in the nations and I'm wow. supposed to tell people about God. Wow. And I know that if I disobey God, that bad things are going to happen. Wow. But I, I struggle with mental health issues. And so I haven't been able to do that yet. And 
our hearts just like went out for this, you know, this brother. And so we just start praying for him. And I felt this impression that God gave me that maybe we need to speak life over him, that, that there are these lies from the enemy coming against him about suicide. Mm. And so we were working with a translator. And so I asked her to ask, you know, this brother if he had ever struggled with thoughts of suicide. Mm. And I really wanted to break this off of him mm. to make sure that he knew that his life is, is valuable and, right. and that actually Jesus gave him his life for a purpose, many purposes. And sure enough, he said, that must be from God because two months ago, I was contemplating how to end my life. Wow. And he starts crying. I start crying. We all are crying because God really wanted to remind this brother how much his life is valuable and how much God loves him. So we were able to pray for him and he definitely encountered the Lord and, and we obviously encountered the Lord with him mm-hmm. and it was so beautiful and we're like, okay, we're, we want to visit you again. He didn't have a phone and so we were like, we were going to come say hello again. Well, we tried another time to come mm-hmm. knock on his door and he wasn't home and I was just heartbroken because mm-hmm. I just really wanted to see him again and I, I knew that just maybe, you know, meeting some other brothers his age might be really encouraging for him yeah. and, but I just gave it to the Lord and I was like, okay, God, you know him and you love him so much that you sent, you know, us to this remote alley in the middle of nowhere, right, to just remind him of God's love. Sure enough, weeks go by. I am now in a completely different part of the area and I'm just walking along the beach with a friend and all of a sudden these surfers come up behind us and I turn around and I recognize him. No way. And he was walking around. The beach was completely empty. Whoa. Somehow these three surfers come up behind us mm-hmm. and he was one of them. Wow. And so he was encouraged to run into me again. I was greatly encouraged because I've been praying for him and I wanted wow. to run into him again. Thank and I just Jesus. felt like, thank you, Jesus, for sure. I just felt like it was such a reminder of Mark 4 hmm. where the kingdom of God is like a man who goes and scatters seeds. And he goes to sleep and he wakes up and they grow. He knows not how. Hmm. And it's at the end of Mark 4. And that's just so freeing to me that we just get to scatter seeds of wow. the good news of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is who waters this seed. But I just felt like running into that brother again at the beach, you know, weeks later. Mm -hmm. And we got to pray for him again and encourage him and actually connect him to a local that can now disciple him and help him walk through some inner healing for his mental health issues. And it was just such a powerful reminder of God and how he goes to the ends of the earth for one. And yet he also waters these seeds. Even when we can't be the hands and feet, we get to pray. So I get back and I tell my team this testimony that we ran into this brother again. And they're like, you're kidding me. Yesterday he was on my heart three separate girls prayed for him the day before God just put it on their hearts to pray for this brother. Are you kidding me? Like God is so good. God is so cool. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Okay. I got another one. Mm -hmm. So my heart burns for the saints around the world to leverage technology Mm -hmm. to share the good news Mm -hmm. and love of Jesus throughout Mm -hmm. the world. And this is kind of a unique passion, right? Like I haven't met a ton of people with this passion. Very grateful for you and Mm -hmm. leveraging podcasts to be able to share and testify of God's goodness Mm -hmm. and the truth. But so we are in the slums of this place outside of Mazalan. And it's this neighborhood of just, yeah, people are are definitely walking in a lot of poverty and and a lot of great need. And we were delivering Bibles to them. And we knocked on this one door and we meet this brother named Luis. 
And he was so grateful and excited for this Bible. And he was like ready and eager to read it right away that day. Mm-hmm. And so I just, after we gave him the Bible and he was so excited, I just was like, how are you? Like, how can we be praying for you? Mm-hmm. And he responded and he said, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm helping my my little sisters learn school. And I want to be a computer scientist when I grow up. Wow. And the translator translates this to me, and she's like, I don't know why he said this, but after he said he's doing okay. He said he's teaching his sisters at school, and that he wants to be a computer scientist when he grows up. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know why he said that. And I was like, I know why he said that. And I was like, I tell him that um, I used to work for Facebook, and I know a ton of people who love God and who love the Bible, mm-hmm. and who also have experienced God in computer programming, and, wow. and have had the Holy Spirit teach them how to do code and teach them how to fix bugs in code wow. and all this stuff. So, so we start having this conversation. Mm-hmm. He's encouraged. I'm so greatly encouraged because I'm yeah. like, here we are in the middle of nowhere. And all of a sudden, God is putting on the heart of this brother, um, this young kid to be, you know, a computer programmer when he grows up. Wow. And that is absolutely my heart mm. is to see computer programmers raise up, especially from Latin America. We need what they carry. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and really, we need them um, healthy trees to produce healthy fruit in and right. through technology. Mm-hmm. And so I get back to base and I'm so just on fire. I'm so excited with this mm-hmm. meeting, Luis. And I get to talking with this brother on the base and he's a computer programmer and he loves the Lord and he's at YWAM. And God put it on his heart two weeks prior mm-hmm. to come up with a program to help teach these kids in these poor neighborhoods how to code mm-hmm. with computers and do computer programming. And now all of a sudden I get to meet like a kid who already has a heart for this and now make that connection. Wow. And so I am full faith that Luis so is going to be a computer programmer when he grows up, but he's going to do it unto the Lord and unto sharing the good news and truth of Jesus unto the nations. And so I'm just super excited. Lord marked him at such a young age for that too. Yes. Like you yes. such a stamp of approval with that. Such a privilege. I'm so excited to see what God has in store. Yeah, amen. Wow, come on. These testimonies are so good. I just want to remind you that these are regular people, man. Regular, regular people filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about the good works that God's prepared beforehand for you to walk in for your life, these are some of those good works. The Bible is so clear that those who believe in Jesus will cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll lay their hands on the sick and the sick will recover. This is the DNA of every believer in Jesus. And that's for you. Whether you've seen this in your own personal life before or not, God wants to stir something in your heart today to go out and step out in faith and trust that he can use you to be his hands and feet on the world. And I want to encourage you that you do hear God's voice. John 10 27 in the New Testament, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Keep asking him questions, keep growing in friendship with them and you'll hear him talk more and more and more. Your simple obedience to God's prompting in your life can change other people's lives forever. What does it look like? It looks like you getting uncomfortable and that might be scary, but the Holy Spirit is known as the comforter. So he's going to meet you in the midst of this. Come on, friend. This is a real spiritual battle we are in and the whole reason we are on this earth today is because God created us for a relationship with him every single person on the earth and he wants to manifest his love and his power through his children so let's just go and do this thing there's a life for you that's full of adventure and excitement and rejection and humiliation come on and trials and sufferings but it's so worth it because Jesus already died the most humiliating death on the cross so we can totally give up our short little 80 years on this life for an eternity with our friends and our family that we get to be in heaven with. It's so worth it. So hey, let me pray for you and then we're going to hear a little bit from Romans chapter 10 on the way out of here.
So Father, I bless whoever's listening to this podcast right now in the name of Jesus. God, that they would just have simple faith to believe in your word, to know that they are born again to a living hope, and that these are the good works that you've called them to walk into. Father, I just call out adventure over these people's lives, that they would see you moment by moment, that you would send them to the grocery store to see someone get healed, God, that you would send them to the club to see someone give up their alcohol. I thank you for your power that flows within them, Lord, and I ask that you would fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit and your fire right now in the name of Jesus. God, give them boldness, give them friends to run with, and let them be full of so much love and joy as you send them out into the world. In Jesus' name, amen. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news.